Hey, New Life Church, Bronson Duke here. Thanks for listening in. The heart of our church is that you would know Jesus, that you would walk with Jesus, and you would learn how to live like he lived. We hope that this message equips you and empowers you on your journey walking with Jesus. Please stand for the reading of the word. The word will come from Mark 4. And it says, again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear again. Still, other seed fell on good ground. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30 and 60, some a hundred times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. But when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and chokes the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, and some 100 times what was sown. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Let's pray. It is good to be in your house, Lord. So grateful that you care so deeply about us. That, Father, you gave us your word. You gave us your son. And in, re in return, we should give you everything that we have. Father, we pray this morning that we would hear your voice, that your word, your seed would fall on fertile ground this morning, Lord. That every heart, every ear, every soul would be open to hear your voice, Lord. For it is your word that changes us. It is your word that controls us. It is your word that empowers us. And I just pray that you would do what you want done here this morning. Holy Spirit, shake our foundation, draw us near to you so that we would know how to live our lives out daily. We love you and give you praise and ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. You can have a seat. 
First of all, I'd just like to say it's good to be back. Um, <laughs> the Lord has moved in a, in a powerful way in our lives, and um, I had no idea what was coming. But I've always tried to be obedient to hear what God has in store for us. And we were called to GLR. It wasn't something that was planned. Wasn't something that I was praying about. It was just something that God does. And we just tried to be obedient and leave him. But I want you to know, for over a year, you were and still are our family. <laughs> and I am thankful for the friendships, the relationships, that we were able to develop while we were here. The lunches and the breakfast that I got to go out with many men, the early morning Bible study, the life group, which we never got to play any games. <laughs> just so much, just so much we learned here. Pastor Bronson giving us an opportunity to serve and we just want you to know that we love you and we thank you and we ask that you would continue to pray for us. Amen? Amen. All right. All right. I didn't know if I was going to get through that. Okay. The soil. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Mark. They'll have the words up here on the screen eventually. But this is a powerful, powerful study, um, story. And, and the thing about it is, is that it doesn't matter where you are in your walk with Christ. If your walk has been for 34 years or if you started three weeks ago, this passage is for you. And if our hearts are open and willing, this word can change our lives. Pastor Rick, the founder of, of New Life, he has this saying, and it goes like this. He always says, you got to get this. You got to get this. And I really didn't know when we first started going to church at New Life what that really meant. And the more that I study and the more that I listen and the more that I try to grow deeper in the Lord's word, we have to get what God is saying to us through his word. It just can't be times of where we just go and we read and we hear someone preach. But it's moments where we take in those little nuggets that are dropped down for us so that it can change us from the inside out and that we might look more like Christ than we do like the world. Jesus always teaches us how we are to hear God's voice. And when we hear God's voice, God expects a response from us. I don't think he provided this word for us just so that we can hear it and then walk out these doors and then say, ah, I'm going to do my own thing. We could have stayed home for that. We could have watched the Super Bowl for that. Oops, sorry. The numbers, <clears throat> the number one thing that God speaks about is knowing his word, knowing his son, knowing his word, having that word inside of us, having that word devour us, having us be saturated with this truth. Far too often we find ourselves just going through the motions because that's what the world does. 
We come and we hear for a moment. I wonder if that's not why he says, if you have ear, hear. In other words, just don't listen to what he says. Apply it to your lives and see what he'll do in your life. It's so important. Oftentimes, Jesus would use parables. And I don't know if you really understand what a parable is and what it does, but this is what I found out about it. A parable is a story used to help teach us spiritual truths. That's all it really is. God wants us to lean in and hear what he has to give us because there's truth in everything that he says. Jesus would take something from the crowd when he was walking in the biblical days and he would look out at his crowd. He was always mindful of who he was with. And on this very day, he just happened to be with a huge number of farmers. Now, I don't know if you know much about farming. I don't. I don't. I know how to destroy stuff. I don't really know how to grow stuff. But he looks around in his crowd and he realizes who's in his crowd and he relates to those people in the crowd just like he looks around at us and he can relate to us no matter who we are, where we come from, what's going on in our lives, what the circumstances might be. He can relate to us and I'm glad that he can. Just think if God did not understand who you were. What mess would we be in if that was the case? Let's give you a little background here. We looked at the scripture. Jesus, he's walking, he's talking, he's doing his thing like he always does. And these crowds begin to hear and these these huge crowds begin to gather around him. Scholars say that they think that there was somewhere near between 10 and 20,000 people that was gathered around him. And since it was so tight, I imagine he got out to the lake so that he could get free from the crowd so that he could get to a place where he could talk to everyone. But the thing about this is, is that the Lord has a word for us and he wants us all to hear it. But the thing is, is that we have to be willing to surrender all and understand that he has something to convey to us. I don't know if you know this, but during these biblical times, some of these people Um, would take their vacation. And in these biblical times, vacation you had once in your lifetime. That's it. During biblical times, you had one vacation for your lifetime. And in this crowd of people that are going there, this is their one time for vacation. So if you only knew that in your lifetime you were going to have one vacation How smart are you to get to where Jesus was? They realized in their heart that no one else could do anything else for them, but they knew and believed in their hearts that Jesus could. And so this crowd was filled with hurting people, desperate people who were looking and searching for something better than what they had. And praise the Lord, they found it there. The only problem is when you go and you look at this crowd, you realize that there's all kinds of hearts in this crowd. There's all kinds of people here. You got people with attitude. You got people with pride. You got people that are curious. You got people that are doubters. You got people that that are wondering what's going on. I just want to see. I'm just nosy. Now, I know none of you are that. (laughs) But they wanted to know. They wanted to hear this great man. They heard about his great reputation, so they wanted to know. So let's look into the four soils today. 
See what God wants to convey to your heart. And remember these three or four things here. That God's word is the seed. The souls that he's talking about, the soil that he's talking about is us. It's us. So no one escapes this today. This word is for all of us in here. And then he is the sower. He's doing the speaking. So let's look. Number one, the hardened heart. What is it that hardens our heart? Let's look at verse 15 right quick. It says this, if I can see it with my bad eyes as I age art. <laughs> Just kidding, art. As soon as they hear, oh, excuse me, some people are like seeds along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes it away, the word that was sown in them. How does this happen? We know that Satan is busy. We know that he can't be in all places because the Lord is the only one who's omnipresent. But he has his desires to come steal, kill, and destroy our lives. When God is sharing his word, when Jesus right now is sharing his word with everyone, he is wanting people to understand that they have an opportunity for their lives to be changed forever. And when he enters into this crowd, he looks around and he, I'm sure that he has compassion on this crowd because what? He already knows what they need long before they ask of it, right? It's just like us. Long before we go begging or seeking, he already knows ahead of time. So he's there. He knows what these people need. And so he throws out the word. The farmers, when they would, when, when they would form back in the day, they didn't have machinery. They didn't have, have, have all of this. They didn't have all of those things. What they had, they said, is a farmer would, would take his bag and, and, and a load of seed and he'd put it on his shoulder and he would go out and he would just begin to spread out seed and let it fall wherever it might fall. So right here we come to the heart and heart. The seed has fallen, but what will the heart do with the seed that God has given out to them? And we see right now that the seed comes and it hits fertile ground. Doesn't, does it? It hits hard ground, hard soil. Now the deal is that some of us walk in here this morning because I've been there to where our hearts are so cold and so resistant to the Lord that we don't want to hear him at all. We have all kinds of things going on in our lives. But one of our biggest problems is the reason why Satan can so easily come and snatch it away is because we are wrapped up in our sinfulness. We are wrapped up in to the things that are ungodly, the things that are unholy, the things that are impure. And we are so caught up into it that it doesn't matter what our friends say to us. It doesn't matter what our parents say to us. It doesn't matter what God's word says to us. We're going to stay engaged in our mess because we get comfortable. We like it. See, because if the sin wasn't fun, we wouldn't engage in it, right? There's other stuff to do. But oh, sin. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all went out last night. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> See, this is what happens. Sin, sin desensitized us. It makes us hard to distinguish right from wrong. 
because it's so much fun and we're having so much joy in it that we forget that one day we have to settle up with the Lord, that one day we're going to have to stand before the Lord and we're going to have to what confess unto the Lord. But when we're having fun and when we're doing our thing, we're not really thinking about that. See, in 1 John 1, 1, 9, he makes it very simple for us. He says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You see, God doesn't want that seed to hit and never take hold of your heart and change you. His word is meant to change you. Read the word, apply the word, do what God's word says, and your life will be more fulfilled and more satisfied than you could ever imagine. But you have to do it. Some of us have hangups, past hurts, past hurts in our hearts, and that we can't forgive the other person. We can't forgive them, although we, we, we've tried to talk to God, we've tried to do this, we've tried to do that, but we can't forgive them. Past hurts, people who have said things about us, people who put rumors and gossips about us, and we're just so angry and so bitter and so wrapped up into that, is that our hearts are so hard and so cold that we cannot allow God's word to penetrate our hearts because we would rather be mad and angry rather than forgive and forget. Because that's exactly what Jesus does for us every day when he says we have new mercies every day. He's basically said, you have hurt me, you have done me wrong, but I'm going to forgive you and you can move on with your life. That's what he does. That's who he is. He has the power to do that. We have the opportunity to have that. And then what else stops us? What else hardens our heart? Our pride. I'm great. I'm awesome. I don't need anyone. I can stand on my own. I'm the man. Well, you can be the man, but you're going to be a lonely one and a broken one and a hurt one and one that's searching and longing for something better than what you have because you think that you have all that you need. Your pride says, I'm enough. I'm a man. You're not enough. If you were enough, Jesus would have never had to come down the cross for us. We have not. We do not have enough on our own. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 5, it says this. The Lord detests all proud of heart. Be sure of this. They will not go unpunished. That seed, when it hit that hard ground, that soil, it could not take place and grow because the heart was too hard. There's too many other things that we want in our lives besides the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. So how do we get out? How do we get out? First thing I think is that we got to listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is always talking to us. It's always conveying to us the things that are wrong in our lives and the things that we need to let go of. We just have to listen. Next thing, we need to confess our hidden sin. We need to confess our hidden sin. You see, it's easy every Sunday to walk through those doors and we do this. How you doing? I'm good. How you doing? Oh, everything's great. And I think we've gotten so comfortable with lying to ourselves that it's easy to lie to other people. But the one that you can lie to is the Lord Jesus Christ because he says he knows us. 
He knows every hair on our head. He knew us when we were in our mother's womb. He knows every thought before we have it. He knows every word before it proceeds off of our tongue. There's nothing that we can hide from him. Yet we try to. We try to keep that little sin, our little, our little buddy right over here. <laughs> this is my little boy. <laughs> we have fun together. I, I can't let go of him. I can let go of everything else, but I can't let go of this one. Confess our hidden sin. Read and study God's word. Read and study God's word. If you want your heart to be softened a little bit, and we'll talk more about this as we go. If you want your heart softened, read God's word. He has a word for you. Every moment of your life, every breath that you breathe, he has a word for you. Fourthly, do what the word says. You want this thing to soften? Quit listening to old Phil. Phil has nothing to offer you. He's always my go-to guy because I watched him the other day. Well, I fast forward through him. But he's always giving advice, always giving advice. And we're just sitting there. Hey, did you watch the show? Do you know what he said? Hey, did you read the word? Did you see what God says about you, what he thinks about you? Do you know that he has a plan for you? That's where we get confused. All of this information out here, all of these counselors and all of these therapists, and there's nothing wrong with that. They have great advice. I've been there. Let me tell you something. You're never going to get any better advice than what you get out of this word right here. If he says it's the same today as it was yesterday, as it will be tomorrow, it still works. God's word still works and you can stand on it. And then lastly, worship him until your heart grows tender. You hear me? Worship him until your heart grows tender. Last night I was at home. <clears throat> Leslie was driving back from from, from Alabama, and, and so I was, I was reading over Word and was praying and then trying to put a little man to sleep. Oh, Lord. Little Kingston, two-year-old. Uh, come on, buddy. Come on. Let's go. I got to preach in the morning. Let's go to sleep. <laughs> the seed needs to fall on two-year-olds. <laughs> but I was sitting there, and, and I was talking to the Lord, and I was I was going through some music and everything, and, 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 and there was this song coming. I can't even tell you what it was, and, and I just wept. <laughs> his, his sweet presence just came over me, and I, I, I was just weeping, and I didn't know why. And I was like, Lord, why am I crying? <laughs> what is wrong with this little baby? <laughs> Keith is over there. Oh, he listened to my cry. He didn't give me no hope and love. <laughs> so I'm just like, man, what is it? But it's when you get into worship and it's when you are sitting with him and when you got stuff on your mind and on your heart and when you don't know which way to go and he's right there. And in those moments, if your heart becomes tender, he just, he just wraps his arms around you and he says, I got you. I got you. Worship him until your heart turns tender. Number two, the shallow heart, the rocky soil. Uh-oh. 
Oops. Let's take a look at verses 16 and 17 here. Let's see what he says to us. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. Woohoo! But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Woo! Man, oh man. I was trying to think of an illustration. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just, just walk with me here. I don't know how many of you guys love Jersey Mike. I do. Anybody know who Jersey Mike is? Sandwich Place? All right. And they're everywhere in Little Rock now. When I walked in there one day and I saw on the stand they had dill spicy chips. I don't know about you. I'm a deal person. Any kind of deal chips. That's my wife. I want them. Even if they're bad, I want them. They're unhealthy. Sometimes the bag smells when you open it up. But I love them. And when I walked in there and I saw dill spicy chips, I saw that bag and I looked at that bag and I said, that's mine. That's mine. What do you want, sir? Four of those bags. Right? You want a sandwich? Four of those bags. <laughs> she knows it's true. But the truth of the matter, you look at that bag and you're, you're happy about that bag and you, you can't wait to get that bag and you think that that bag is full of chips. <laughs> All that chip bag does is make you mad. Because as soon as you open it up, poof, your chips drop to the bottom, and half of your bag is empty. <laughs> at once there was great joy. Oh, look at those dill chips. Until I opened the bag. Is that not how it is in our walk sometimes? We hear, we hear God's word. We hear his truth. And, and, and it takes a hold of us in a sense. And, and we're all pumped up about it. And, and we want to tell everybody about it until the air comes out of our lives. Once the air starts coming out of our lives, once persecution comes, once hard and difficult times come, then all of a sudden, where's God? Why isn't he here? What's happening? This is not real. This is not exciting anymore. Because you're full of emotions rather than the spirit of the Lord. The truth of the matter is, is that we get lost in all of the fanfare about, oh, the Holy Spirit and how power it is and the excitement of, of our salvation. But sometimes we really don't count the cost and what it means to walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want all of his little goodies, but we won't, don't want all of what comes with that. Because the Lord never said in this walk, ever in his word, did he ever say this was going to be an easy walk. Matter of fact, it is the hardest walk that you're ever going to walk in your life is trying to live your life out for the Lord Jesus Christ. When you are not rooted, when you are not rooted, you're going to eventually fade away. Because shallow surface stuff, oh, we know how to talk it, we know how to act it when we're around other people, but eventually you're found out. Eventually, when hard times come, we start really seeing who we really are. 
Do we really love Christ? Do we really trust Christ? Is he really the Lord of our lives? Well, let's see how much we love him when hard times come. Because really, in all honesty, many of us disappear. You can look around in our church, churches all over the country, just not in New Life, of how many people had so much joy walking with the Lord. And soon as the hard times came, they disappeared and have not returned. There's joy for a moment. There's excitement for a moment. But when you don't count the cost, when you don't realize that in this walk you're going to have troubles, when you don't realize that you're going to have some um, distractions, when you don't realize that you did not count the cost and what it meant to walk with the Lord, you will eventually disappear. Matthew 13 and 6 says this, But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered, and they withered and had no root. When you don't have root, and this is your root right here, when those seeds hit, and if they don't take root in your life, you are never, ever going to mature in the man or woman that God wants you to be spiritually. You will miss out on all of what he has for you. And that would be a tragedy. Matthew 7, 24. Thank you, Morris, for reading my notes. It says this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had a foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and it beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. We've all been there, right? We've all been there where we were walking with the Lord and it was a solid walk and we were so excited and we were telling everybody about it and man, everybody thought we were so on fire. What's wrong with that person? Oh, he has the love of the Lord Jesus in him. And then six or seven months later, we find him with no excitement, no love, no search in the scriptures and he's just trying to get through the day. What happens? We lose focus. We lose focus on what really matters. You see, we think we have something to offer him, but he has everything to offer us. We think just because we have the seed and there's joy and excitement that there's not hard and difficult times coming. One of the problems that I've really had in college is that many of my, my friends would hear God's word, and for some reason they would hear from certain, certain laymen or certain pastors that once you receive Christ, everything's going to be okay but they never prepared them for the difficult times. If we wonder why so many of our friends and so many of our family members have walked away from it, they're not rooted in God's word or strength. You have to be rooted. So how do we do that? How do we get there? How do we leave the shallow heart? One of the points that I'll say over and over again, denounce sin. Develop a prayer life. Follow Jesus daily. Get your eyes off your circumstances. We get so wrapped up in what's falling down all around us that we can't see that he's still on his throne standing up and saying, I got this. 
I'm in control of this. Don't worry about it. I will carry you through this. Another thing, get in connect class, find out what's going on. And by all means, get involved in a life group. Get involved in a life group. When Leslie and I finally got ourselves in a life group, we found friends, we found relationships, we found love, we found accountability, and we had those things within that group. There's no one that should think I can handle this on my own. You're not meant to do life alone. You're meant to have brothers and sisters that will love on you and care for you. Get yourself some prayer partners and some prayer warriors to hang around with. And lastly, we must desire to grow deeper and go deeper with Christ daily. We must desire to grow and we must go deeper daily with Christ. Divided heart, the thorns, uh-oh, trouble awaits. Verse 17, excuse me, verse 18. Still others like seed sown among thorns hear the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of, work, of wealth and the desires of other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Hmm. Anybody have any roses at their house? Nobody. Well, there goes the illustration out the window. <laughs> wow. They're absolutely beautiful. God did a wonderful thing when he created roses. But you know the sacrifice, especially dummies like men, you know the sacrifices that come along with that when you try to stick your little hand in there. Oh, I'm going to get this for my wife. I'm going to get this for my girl. And you stick your little hand in there. Boop, oh, 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 oh. And all those little stick guys just sticking. Boom, 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 boom. Now, I'm not talking about you who go down to the store and get your little rose already ready. I'm talking about the people who have to go in and pull them out. It's kind of how our life is. You see, we want everything that God has to offer us, but we want to help him too. That's part of our problem in a divided heart. It says this, I want roots that are deep, but I also want other things too. That's going to be our biggest problem in this walk, men and women, is that God has all of these things to offer you, but we also have an agenda. God, I know that you have this but man, this over here is fun and great and wonderful. Those are the thorns. When we think that what God has is not enough and we go searching for other things, those, those are the things that stick us. And we find ourselves in this mess where God is trying to pull us up, where we're rooted a little bit, the thorns continue. The things around us, we want those things more. God, we want to be in control. We don't want you to control us. We want to have some control. Every time that I've had control of my life, I have failed in life miserably. Every time that I thought I had it all under control. Oh, what happened? Oh, I thought I had it under control. We're never meant to have it all under control. That's his job. Our problem is, is that we want to share control with our life with God helping us to. 
you will never be completely satisfied. You will continue to put other things, other stuff in your basket with the Lord, and you'll never flourish the way he's meant for you to flourish. You won't. It's not planned that way. You cannot do it. He says this, and um, this comes from 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21. It says this, Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. In other words, they enjoyed having both. See, the Lord tells us that we can't be lukewarm. We can't be double-minded. He can't deal with people like that. We have to decide that we're going to be completely satisfied with him without all of our stuff added in there. Because all our stuff is just stuff. And stuff, if you have stuff at home, what is it? It's just in the way. But you know when you take the boxes and you start throwing the stuff away, you find out that you got more space. You got more space for God to come in and work on you and work on your heart and work on your attitude and work on your soul. And he will make you into a new person. We need not to miss that. We need not to miss that. He tells us in Matthew 6 and 24, he says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. It will choke it out of you. The world will choke it out of you to where you are moving towards him and your relationship is growing and you are witnessing the other people and you are sharing life with other people and you're doing the things that are godly, the world will choke it out of you as soon as you let the world have your time. Jesus just doesn't want some of you. He wants all of you. And lastly, number four, an open heart. An open heart. And he says this, others like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Very simple. Be fully devoted to your heavenly father. Be completely devoted to your heavenly father. You see, God is not looking for perfect people. He only has one of those. He sent that one to die for us. But if we are going to be engulfed in what God is doing and what he wants to share in our lives, we have to be fully devoted to him. That means that we are completely obedient to him. That means that we are seeking his face. That means that we are studying his word, that we're meditating on his word day and night. That means that his word is hidden away in our heart so that we may not sin against him. That means that he is our first priority. We seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. Then he will add all the other stuff into us. He has to be the number one priority in our lives. And I know for sure when that is right, Everything else gets in line because God is a God of order. There's not chaos when he's in control. It's only when we decide that we want a little bit more of the world and a little less of Jesus. 
We need to open ourselves up to hear God. We need to surrender all that we have unto the Lord. And then we need to step back and say, Lord, it's all yours. I surrender. When they used to sing that song in the Baptist church, I'm not a good singer and I can't remember how it goes. But when it says, I surrender all. I surrender all. You would hear those words, and as a youngster, I didn't really know what it meant. But as I have grown in this walk to completely try to give my life totally to him, and every day we have to get to the point in our lives where we say, I surrender it all over to you, Lord, because I am making a mess over it. We need that heart that when those seeds fall, when that word is preached, when that word is studied, when that word is meditated on, that that word takes control. And it controls the way that we talk. It controls the way we treat one another. It controls the way we interact with our spouses. It controls how we discipline our kids. It controls how we work at work when our bosses are not looking. It controls how we talk about people when we're amongst other people who love the gospel. It controls when you're out on the highway, when that guy cuts you off, that you don't cuss him out. Uh-oh. You have to surrender. We have to surrender. I don't know where you are today. I don't know which seed you are. But I do know this. Is that God cares in whatever stage you find yourself in today. He cares. Not only does he care, he understands. Not only does he understand, he will hold you tight to him in spite of who we are, in spite of what we do. We need him. Let's pray. Would you bow your heads? Dear Heavenly Father, there might be some hearts here this morning have no idea what it means to, first of all, to just walk with you, much less receive your seed. Father, they've tried everything else. They've, 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 they've tried the different lifestyles. They've given in to all kinds of temptation. But Father, they're still empty. And if that's you here this morning, I want to tell you that the Lord has a salvation seed for you that will change your life forever. Is there anyone here with your heads bowed and your eyes closed that say, I need that salvation seed planted in me? If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Because I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Maybe today you are just at a place where my heart is hard. I'm cold towards God. I'm angry. I got resentment in my heart. Maybe you just need a touch from the Lord today. Can I see those hands this morning? Thank you. Thank you. Maybe you're at a place of where your heart is divided. You're not sure you had joy at one time, but now Satan has come and taken that joy away. Can I see your hands this morning? Because God wants to see those hands. Maybe today you are fighting the thorns. You know, God wants some stuff out of your life so that he could really flourish in your life, but you're not ready to let it go. Can I see those hands this morning? Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you are wide open this morning. You're that last seat. 
and you're taking in everything that you can receive. Continue to seek him. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for every heart in this room. Father, those who have walked away, whose hearts are cold, whose hearts are hardened right now, Father, heal whatever ills them, Lord Jesus. Touch them, change them. Bring them back to you, Lord Jesus. For the heart that is divided, that doesn't know, at one time they had joy and excitement, and now they're just going through the motions. Restore the joy, Lord. There's no greater joy than your salvation in reading your word, so restore that for them. And those who, who, who are trying to walk with you, who got some roots now, but they still want all the other stuff also. Convince them to let it go. To let it go. And then lastly, let us have a heart that surrenders all to you and devote ourselves to you with all that we have. Father, we love you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey guys, thanks for listening in. I hope that this message blessed you and it helps you in your journey with Jesus. If it did, leave a comment, leave a review, things like that help us spread the message of Jesus. Uh, if you want to connect with us, the best way to do that is to follow us on Instagram at, at NLC Downtown Little Rock to follow along with the life of our church.